internet, I think you'd make a good cat for what it's worth. My name is Matthew Kroll. And she thinks I work in an oil rig. My name's Izzy. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. And listeners, dear, dear listeners, yet again, you might be wondering... Who, where's, where's the New Zealander? Shahir is gone. He's gone one more week. I promise he'll be back. But we are, are, are very much saved uh, by the wonderful Izzy from the fantabulous YouTube uh, channel, Be Kind Rewind. Hi, Izzy. Hello. Thank you for having me once again. Thank you so much for two things. I want to thank you for two things. One, coming and co-hosting. I believe you put it as a, uh, an adjunct host. Yes. Yeah, I like it. I'm happy to step in. I love it. I love it so much. So thank you so much for, for doing this. And two, thank you for suggesting this film. Before you did, in our in our email correspondence, I hadn't even My realized pleasure. I hadn't even realized this was a thing. And then I've fallen down this 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 wonderful sort of uh Emma Thompson rabbit hole ever since. And it's been really, really fun. Um how how did, did was this a film that you were looking forward to? Did you hear about it after it came out? Like, what's your history about like your, your knowledge around it? Uh, I had heard about it briefly through Sundance because I believe it had gotten some rave reviews um, after it premiered at the festival, um, and then it sort of fell off the radar, and then quietly was released on Hulu yeah. maybe a few a few weeks ago. Um, and I watched it. I just put it on as something kind of for the background, but it quickly held and captured my attention for the uh, for its short runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very incensed that it didn't get more uh, publicity and attention shortly after that, because I do think it's a great film and I'm, I'm glad we're spending some time on it today. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, hard same on that. So when I, I, um, I got, when we were emailing back and forth, I was out to lunch with my friend Katie and I was, we were, uh, I looked at the email and you had suggested this and a few other things. So I was like, Oh, what is, what is, uh, I'm like, I asked my friend, I was like, do you know what good luck to you, Leo Grand? And I said, Leo Grande. Cause I read it with the <laughs> E on it. And I was like, is this a, mm? uh, and she goes, Oh, that's the movie where Emma Thompson gets naked. And I was like, what? Okay. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and, and then as I started, I noticed it. <laughs> Here's something interesting about, I would say, uh, the way that the current, how do I put this, pop culture-ness of film, uh, not even discussion, of just like bringing up a movie comes around. Mm-hmm. When I first started and I looked at like the late night, like like it comes up, I was looking up anything, like you know whatever, she was on with uh, Seth Meyer and a couple other people, whatever, promoting this movie. And that was always the, oh, and there's nudity in it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. What's the movie about? Like, what's the what's the thing? And then, of course, as you go deeper, and especially, I was not um, before researching for this episode terribly educated on Emma Thompson's history and career. Like, I just she's a name that's been around literally forever, and I've loved her and everything I've seen her in. But like, I didn't know the uh, the the sort of the the long and, and very cool history of her. I you do on your channel, you do deep dives into actresses all the damn time. You haven't done an Emma Thompson, I don't believe yet. I haven't, but she she is due for an episode, I'd say. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I was watching an interview with her and the main actor, Daryl McCormick, mm-hmm. um, during their press tour for this 
film and um, they asked him what his favorite Emma Thompson movie was. And he was like, Oh, I love Harry Potter. I like Professor (laughs) Kalani. (laughs) And she was just like, Oh, sir, you are too young to even (laughs) know what my films are. It's so, it was very precious. It was very nice. That's so funny. Cause this dude, how old is he? He's like, what, like 23, 24? Maybe. I don't even know. I, was, I have no idea. But yes, they are definitely a different generation. That is a thing that uh, 100% comes up in this film. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I was hoping the answer to that to that press junket that you just said was something like, oh, uh, the tall man. Like, I hope <laughs> I wish like he went right. just real far back to her first movie with. Yeah, uh, he's like a sense and sensibility guy. For yeah, sure. yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think. Honestly, her career is, uh, from an outsider's perspective, something that would be uh, perfectly lined up for the the treatment on your channel. Because I was just like, I was going down. I didn't re- I didn't realize uh, that she started in sketch comedy with Hugh Laurie. Yeah, she's. I mean, I, you can kind of get the sense right from all of her interviews. Like everything she says is a is a joke. Like yeah. she frames stories humorously primarily. So like it's it's very fun watching her interviews. Um and she really is truly a renaissance woman. <laughs> I mean in she's, many ways. She's the only person, I and correct me if I'm wrong, that has won both best actress and best adapted screenplay. I believe so. Yes. Like so she, I mean she's uh, that's something you do not hear every day, which is absolutely uh wonderful. Uh yep. And uh, actually, it's funny. I was again. I fell down the the rabbit hole of her career, and I had completely forgotten she was in an adaptation of Remains of the Day uh, with mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins. And we we're doing a we we're doing an episode uh, of our literature show on the book. And then, like putting wow. that story into context around her and Anthony Hopkins, I was like, I need to re- I, like. It was one of those things where it's like you don't know if it was real or a fever dream in your head if you actually watched it. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I'm going to go back and revisit that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I need to watch that again, too. It's been a while. Um, but this film uh, was written also by a comedian, uh, Katie, or is it Katie or Katie? I think it's Katie Brand, and who had a who had a uh, comedy show on Forever, um, which and you can kind of sort of see. We'll get into it a little bit as we as we deep dive into what's going on uh, with this film itself. But that also had a how do I put this w- without going too deep? I was shocked at how many checkboxes this film effortlessly just clicked off of things that I love in movies. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So what, like, what so, so first of all, the writing uh, not only is incredibly sincere, incredibly funny, incredibly passionate, incredibly emotional, but it can move effortlessly with a single line between moods. In fact, there was only a few very small moments in the movie that actually like tripped me up there, but normally a, a, a regular film that I enjoy has way more if it's trying to lift all these things or do them all at the same time. And this was just, it felt effortless and just really, really smooth. Um, I, I could not, I was not expecting to have this film resonate and, 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 and hit all of the notes that it did for me. Uh, and it was just an overall lovely experience and it was filmed in like 19 days in one location. Yeah. Which, you know, normally I think when you hear about that, people feel like films that are filmed in one place can feel really suffocating or really static, Mm -hmm. um, or claustrophobic, but I didn't feel that way, uh, with this at all. I mean, it's, it's a very unassuming hotel room, but it's very cleverly staged. Um, and the camera work is still, you know, pretty dynamic for just filming two people talking to each other. 
Um, so I think it's it's very well done and very well directed. Yeah, uh, directed by um, uh, Sophie Hyde or Hyde, excuse me, um, whom I again wasn't familiar with um, with their filmography. This might be their first feature. Yeah. Wow. Which I is, hadn't looked that up. That's very, very impressive. Damn impressive. Wait, am I wrong here? Oh, no, there is one. 52 Tuesdays, oh. a film from 2013. So I'm wrong. Still, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, no, uh, to your point of the, the one locale film, uh, yeah, when you hear that, at least when I hear that, I often do as well get the like, uh-oh. You just challenged yourself way more than I usually am, am used to seeing things that I enjoy. That sentence almost made sense. Basically, I, I am always trepidatious about films that are shot in one location, not because I don't think it can be done. I just think it's incredibly difficult to have uh, a compelling story be complete in sort of one location. But when you pull it off, like I feel they did in this movie, uh, it, it sort of elevates it to a to another level that, in, you know, again, I wasn't I wasn't expecting. Sure. And I think it definitely helps kind of the, the timeline of this film as well. It's mm-hmm. not that, you know, we're spending one evening with them um, over the course of the whole film. It's four different meetings. And so you can kind of skip time a little bit. Yeah. Um, and understand how their relationship progresses over a longer period as opposed to, you know, something that feels just very isolated. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, well, without further ado, without without dancing around uh, the, the the film proper and what sort of goes on, I'm going to now read the Internet Movie Database description of what Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, is about. Let's see if they actually nailed this. <clears throat> Nancy Stokes, a 55-year-old widow, is yearning for some adventure, human connection, and some sex. Dash, dash, some good sex, period. (laughs) Okay. Um, That is... That is... That is is a description. That is the description of the first five minutes, which, again, is fine. I I think... I think it sells the movie short quite a bit. Very much so. Um, yeah. it, it actually kind of leans into, and I love, I love, and she, I, I love that uh, we're doing this and Shahir's not here for it. Shahir hates when I'm like, start reviewing the IMDB description, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to, I think this actually, while it does give you the setup kind of, it actually detracts from, I think what some of the importance of this movie actually is. And what it's going for. Um, I get what they're trying to do with like the dash dash some good sex. Like I get it. But there's way more better, more meaningful gold to mine in this story than just like and it better be enjoyable. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of does the opposite of what this movie Mm -hmm. is trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) This is like how you would describe this movie in the 90s. Yes. This is (laughs) this. You know. I just rewatched again in the Emma Thompson rabbit hole. I just rewatched the trailer for the tall man <laughs> and that came out in 89, but close enough. Yeah. Uh, and the, the mood of that is exactly this IMDB description of that trailer. A hundred percent. That is very apt. Um, but yeah. Uh, so this, I'm trying to think of where to sort of begin here because the story itself, uh, as we sort of get into, um, I'll call it setup spoilers. This isn't terribly like uh, ruining the movie if you haven't seen it. Um, this follows uh, four encounters or four sessions 
of of Emma Thompson's character Nancy uh, uh, booking a sex worker named Leo Grand. Um, it basically, as that IMDb thing described, uh, after her husband's passed away for a few years, and she realizes that in her entire uh, adult life, she's really only had sort of. I don't even know how to put it. Like she, she obviously had sex with her husband, but it was not. Uh, I don't know. Formulaic. It, formulaic. Repetitive. A priority. Unfulfilling. <laughs> Unfulfilling. Um, and and she kind of and she was also a. Uh, re- what was it? What what did she teach? She was a religious history. Religious t- education. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, she yeah. was um, some sort of religious theory. Right. Philosophy, kind of. Yeah. But like for teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And and we actually later, later, later on, we meet one of her old students. Um uh but the, the and so so here is this woman who has basically and, and I will also say she's also the kind of person um who is incredibly logical to the point of fault. Um and and um uh I guess the term buttoned up would be kind of the the I'm trying to think. Is there any other descriptors you'd give Nancy? Um, a good girl. Yeah. She, she's a rule follower. Yes. So she has taken her own religious education very seriously mm-hmm. and sort of describes herself as a person who did exactly what she was told to do and is sort of very late in life figuring out that the rules that were given to her are not necessarily the ones that are going to um, – lead her to the happiness that she really is looking for. Yeah. And and so she's sort of using these encounters as an opportunity to pivot a little bit and maybe get a little taste, so to speak, of the lifestyle that she's been missing out on. Um, and so the question is like, I, or I guess the thesis of the film is, is like, yes, she's trying this thing out just to kind of say she did it and literally, you know, check off some boxes on her list, Mm -hmm. but also it's going to lead to, uh, epiphanies, so to speak about how she, um, looks for satisfaction and how she treats her own, um, wants and needs. Yeah. Here's a question. Do you think that that, so I think that's where the film ends up. I, when it when it first began and we sort of meet Nancy on this journey, I don't know if to her, I, I think if she wants all of those sort of deeper things, it's very buried down. Yeah. Like, no, she thinks of it as like, as that list. Yeah, she, she has She's a list. She's heard about it and she wants to like try it just to say that like she did it. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, she has a list of, of different uh, sexual acts that eventually she wants to get through um uh, with with Leo, L- Leo is a interesting character as well. In fact, I really really like how um, we meet him. Mm-hmm. He's doing uh, what literally every what, what a lot of people I would say uh, like as they're waiting to go do a gig uh, do is sitting at a coffee shop like hanging out uh, and then like on on his way to wherever he's going. Uh, which in this case he is again a sex worker and he's going to meet Nancy in a hotel room. And uh, the, the beginning of the film, obviously, is like b- both of them back and forth, like the, them sort of preparing for this encounter. Uh, she is very uh, nervous and trying to set the place up for minimal, um, I guess, uh, uh, uncomfortableness uh, on her end. And he is uh, honestly, there's no there's no better way to describe him. But 
in in my opinion, but a consummate professional. Yeah. Like this is a character, this is a person in this film whose lifeblood is being able to read a situation and do whatever the person he is with sort of needs. Mm-hmm. Um there's no condescension at all. Mm-hmm. Very um it's almost therapeutic. Yeah, and and this so so I'm glad you brought that up because there's there's uh, we're going to be jumping around a decent amount because this happens over the course of four sessions and the mood between them each uh, kind of takes different turns, etc. But the the there is they get into various, um, I would say, important, heady discussions that people in actual relationships sometimes rarely delve into. There was sort of a freedom, I think, with their specific situation and who they were that allowed them to sort of uh, pivot to a lot of mm-hmm. discussions like the like the ones that they have. But the, the therapy sort of angle of it, I believe they're talking at one point and uh, she, she can't quite get over, like, at least in the beginning, how, like, he's not ashamed of what he does and she doesn't mm-hmm. understand that until he breaks it down in a way about like he's giving people what they need and think about like, if this was actually legal, what like he has a grander design sort of around what he does. Um, it, it well, at least a, a, a philosophy behind what he does um, mm-hmm. and how, if, if people were able to, get the things that they needed to be healthy in either their their sexual life or honestly every part of their life which includes that we often leave that out of that discussion then yeah. the world would be a far better place yeah um and the he the character of leo does a lot of i think The dynamic of education, of t- one character, one person teaching another person, is super interesting in this. Because you'd think, Nancy, older, has more experience, was a literal teacher. On paper, yep. you're like, ah, yes. Like, she is going to be the educator in some sort of situation. But And, and granted, she does, like, I feel like both characters do teach each other at elements that are important to both of them becoming I think kind of more complete people by the end of the film but I'm a big fan of movies that realize that either A turn the idea of who you think is going to be um, the the wise one on its head or B lean into the idea that like everyone is wise in their own way and if you like everyone needs help with a certain type of thing like no one is the best at everything Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here it was a really interesting sort of, I don't know, a really interesting back and forth to the point, again, going back to the therapeutic thing that like he unlocks a lot of things, um, about not just sex, but about like how she's sort of lived her life as she does with him. A lot of times when they're talking about their families. Yeah. I mean, I think part of what is interesting about Nancy as a character is like, you're kind of watching someone realize they were wrong over the course of Mm. like an hour. Um, And you see what kind of barriers she puts up or excuses that she makes for herself, how she's, she sort of goes through all of the um, stages of acceptance or Mm -hmm. 
or grief um, throughout this, like denial. She doesn't really need anything, but you know, maybe she gets angry. She gets angry at herself. She gets upset. She cries. Um, and then finally, you know, toward the end there, there is more of an acceptance of, of what happened to her and what she will need to do going forward to kind of make the changes that she really wants to make. Um, so I, I do think like that arc is rare to get in like any movie these mm-hmm. days, which is like an actual adult who is confronting a part of their personality in a very direct way. Um, and who learns about it in a way that you feel that they, they earn throughout the the film. Yeah. It's not just sort of like an aha moment. It's, it's a process. Um, and so I, I just think that she's a very, well-written and believable character in that way. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, I want to, I want to, I want to dive into this too. But I, I also want to, again, I am coming at this uh, the character of Nancy as best I can from the perspective of of a, of a cis white guy, um, a straight cis white guy. The the way in which Nancy is dealing with her her. Uh, sexuality or her or sexual exploits or lack thereof or experience etc feels very again even from an outside perspective this is why I really love film I think it can get across these sort of things to people give people uh, glimpses into life experiences that they cannot have Mm -hmm. Um, in media we are very 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 rarely confronted with something that on the surface, when you see it, like in a film like this, feels like it is so, like, this feels like, an, Nancy's experience feels like an experience that a ton of women could relate to, despite the fact that it is never talked about, or very rarely talked about. Yeah. I think the other element of that is just, like, the fact that she was so closely associated with religion. Like mm. if you, if you've gone through religious education, like I was in Catholic school for 12 years. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's talked, all of this is talked about in a very specific way and it's not talked about in the sense of like, this is a discussion and like, what do you think it's mm. talked about in a way as in you're being told what to think about things. Right. And so like, I, I am sure that a lot of people you know, find comfort in just being told what is correct and what they should think and how they should feel. And when you become reliant on that and think like, because you followed that thing, it makes you a good person. Then the process of unlearning those things is, is very scary and jarring. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's true, especially like, you know, of course that happens today with, with younger women and um, everyone as well. But like, of course, you know, when she was growing up in like the 20th century, it was mm. even more severe. And so um, I can imagine and I think you're right. Like this is something that a lot of of women especially can relate to in that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the religious aspect of it again. I, so I, I grew up in a um, uh, very non-religious family and I did not go to any religious education. I never went to church, um, anything. And I always find it interesting when there's a movie like this that has so many elements going on, it normally takes someone else to call out the religious aspect. Like I just, I, it mm-hmm. washes over me in a way, but everything you've said in- entirely makes sense and hits home. Like I, I do think people 
and myself include I, I want to make it very clear when I say the next sort of the statement that I'm going to make, I, I put myself in this category as well. I think people do like to be told what to do because it is easy overall. Yeah. Like I, I, I know I like a clear list of instructions to get things done. Um, it's, it's very difficult to know what you want. I mean, that's what people spend their entire lives figuring out. And sometimes, you know, it's very easy to, um, you know, dictate that through rebellion. You know, if if you were taught the exact same things that Nancy was taught, maybe, you know, automatically that's not right for you or you want to test the limits of, of authority by not doing those things. And some people are like that and some people aren't. Mm -hmm. Nancy is not that person. No, Nancy is not that person. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So like... You know, there is the stereotype of like the 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 private school girls, like you know, are always the ones who get pregnant, whatever. <laughs> um, but that's not Nancy. Nancy's yeah. the other extreme. Oh, and to the to to your point too, uh, Nancy sort of, uh, and we see this ever so slightly affecting sort of the next generation of girls in her school. Uh, yep. she, there's a moment where she recounts, um, I forget if it was actually before she sees, um, Becky in the, Becky was one of her students that she sees actually in the only other location outside of the, that coffee shop at the very, there's really three, there's three locations, but 95% of this movie takes place in the hotel room. Then yep. there's a little bit right in the beginning when we first meet Leo before he goes to work. And then there is, uh, for their fourth session because of some shit that goes down in session three, um, which is some stuff I want to mine a little bit later. Um, they meet in the, I guess, bar lobby, whatever of the hotel. And she runs into Becky, who is a waitress there, who is a old student of hers. And she says something along the, she, she has recounted a tale where she, um, basically told the girls that they were, uh, dressing like sluts or, or I forget exactly how she put it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so going back to the point, like with Nancy growing up, not only has she followed the rules, but she has now gone the way of non-rebellion and been like, oh, this is the correct thing to help yeah. people and keep them safe and and move forward. And she, in her experience, was moving those ideas forward, the ones that were instilled on her. And it's always really nice to see a character in a film. I, I really like when we see that people can change Mm-hmm. Um, because change in real life, I, I find, is possible but very difficult. Yeah, it's messy, and so is this movie. I think there mm-hmm. are definitely times when um, Nancy's hard to support in this because yeah. she does things that are obviously wrong, very much not in line with the limits that Leo sets for their relationship. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you feel bad for her, but also you are angry because you feel for Leo too. Leo's a great guy. Leo's trying to help her out. They very clearly have come into um, this with clear limits as to what they're allowed and not allowed to do. And um, she violates that and that's not right. Yeah. So, you know, there were times when I found her annoying and abrasive. (laughs) Yeah. And it, but I was glad that like you you come around to it. It's not like it just lets you sit being angry at her the whole time. The the cool thing about it was every time there was a moment, and I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call it of petulance because petulance I find is easier to forgive than kind of cruelty in a way for characters or for people. Like the point, the thing that got me 
specifically in this movie when they're getting into a small argument and sometimes it like they're tra- able to transition back into like no you know what let the mood's wrong we're just going to uh you know dance for a bit or we're going to do whatever right mm-hmm. it, the moment that got me here was when she basically accuses him and his generation of needing a war <laughs> yeah and i know it's crazy and that to me i was like fuck you nancy and, and then like but again to this film's credit it i think it's good evidence of like why he's a professional mm-hmm. because any person in a normal unpaid situation would just be like exactly that like fuck you yeah yeah and leave or like you know but for him, it's like, okay, how do I turn something that is so blatantly weird and offensive back to to what my task is here? Yeah. And he's so nice about it. He is so nice about it. And the, 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 the cool thing about that is, especially even from a Nancy perspective, and, and this is – look, I <laughs> – I wish a lot of people had the patience of the character of Leo as well. But then again, a lot of people aren't getting paid a lot of money to in situations to deal with the amount of shit that Nancy kind of gives him. Um, <laughs> how do I put this? When when a a a person says something cruel or off putting or petulant, oftentimes if the person that is on the receiving end of that can take it and and not only take it but like know what's happening and sort of where it's coming from and not internalize it as like a personal attack and know it's like, oh, it's because this woman A, B, C, D, and E, right? Yeah. Then you can see, and and this goes back to Emma Thompson's skill as an actress, you can see on the character of Nancy's face how she realizes that she's sort of out of line almost every time until the breaking point, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, At the end of session three, where I feel like for a little bit of context, um, they've been uh, they've had two sessions. They uh, they've been uh, checking off the list. Things have been going overall good, but they get into deep conversations where they often disagree. They uh, they often talk about their families. Uh, uh, Nancy Nancy brings up her kids and how she's like she thinks her son is boring and her daughter's too rebellious. So it's like. Yeah. I found that dichotomy interesting. Not only, think, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think it's a really a testament to the writers to kind mm. of how they're able to um, make everything Nancy says is really a comment on on Nancy's internal status yes. as opposed to like, you know, she's not just talking about like, oh, yeah, my favorite drink is champagne. You know, it's not kind of surface stuff like that. It's like, well, I resent my son because he's too much like me. And I resent my daughter because she is everything I kind of secretly wish I could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, there are all these kind of layers to everything that she reveals about her own past that I think are really, really fascinating. And the way she interacts with people is basically her her comfort zone for Leo is trying to learn about him and his family and his relationship with his parents like she she's sort of because that's at a parent teacher conference (laughs) yeah she's at a weird sexy parent teacher but like it's 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 yeah it's such an odd dynamic and he again the character his character like plays it off i believe there's something he there's one line he fucking says where she's she's grilling him about something about his family or his parents or his brother because he like you like your quote in the beginning of this podcast uh, he lies and tells his mother that he works on an oil rig or at least that's 
what he says in the the initial thing. And uh, he's like, you brought up my family and now I'm dropping it. And she pushes. And instead of just being like, no, he pivots in a way that's like, if I tell you, uh, can we drop it because you look really sexy in, in this thing that you're wearing or whatever? Like, he he is always on task, yeah. but not in a, like, I don't know. Like, it, it that's where it hits me, again, in the in the sort of therapy feels section. Because, like, <laughs> he's dealing with a person who is uh trying to derail what they hired him to do and yeah. and he is uh, with a kindness and a um a, a skill uh sort of always bringing them back on task in a, in sort of very interesting ways until of course she goes too far yes <laughs> um, yeah which which how did you how did you take that moment uh, basically, long story short, everybody, uh, spoiler, 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 uh, She, uh, you find out that Nancy is not, in fact, her real name, and Leo Grand isn't his real name, but she does some Googling and finds out what his real name is. How did you read that, Izzy? I was very disappointed in Nancy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll relate to this in, like, kind of a selfish way, I guess, which sure. is that, you know, I am online, and... I feel like my privacy is very important to me Mm -hmm. and I take measures to keep that boundary in place Yeah, where it's like, I don't want people, you know, I don't, I don't even know what people would do. And I don't think anyone is actually interested, but that protection is there because I want it there. Uh And so like the idea, like (laughs) that someone would do that kind of against your will um, in a situation in which like, your your literal safety is on the line mm-hmm. like in many ways like it's a, his situation is obviously much different than mine and very higher stakes yeah um so i was sort of like oh god that sounds awful it just sounds awful and yeah. it felt like such a breach of trust and a misunderstanding of what their relationship was um and i just think that that can really shatter the illusion in a way that um, is detrimental, not only to like his safety and his comfort level, but just in terms of the, like what they're trying to do together, yeah. you know? Um, and so I was very sad and disappointed in it and was eventually happy that Nancy kind of spoiler alert yeah. learns more about what she did wrong there. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Man, I you know, I didn't even think about so you and I are online people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we make our our living sort of off that and it's it's I didn't even I didn't even tie that together and now now not I mean I was upset in that moment too but now it's hitting a, a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh you know, to that point, we've had things on you know, the extra credits channel that people have gotten incredibly uh mad at, you know, when we call racism in games bad. Um right. Uh, and and there have been threats and uh there bad stuff sent my and my team's way. Mm-hmm. Um again, it's ridiculous because it's about fucking video games. Uh but the regardless, the level of safety and and knowledge and sort of the the hunting down his real name 
Um, it's an incredibly invasive uh, act that she does. And at first, it's funny. I was trying to read the why, like why her character actually wanted to do that. And she says some things like, I thought you'd be pleased. Like, I'll let you know my real name. Like, da 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 And it, it was an entire... I didn't know if it was like her reading the situation of like, at first I was like, oh, is she, is her character falling in love with Leo? And I don't think that's what it was. Mm -mm. She wanted, because they were hitting on such clearly deep and meaningful things, kind of unlocking various, uh, not only sexual, but other emotional states in Nancy's character. She wanted to like, she's like, I don't see why we can't get a coffee. And she hadn't, like, actually done the growth or the work yet, weirdly, to, like, to fully even accept what he did for a living, let alone, I mean, uh, get to that point. And she tries to shortcut it by breaking the basic one rule. I think she didn't, she doesn't understand, like, what the transaction is. Because she is so used to being of use to other people she's Mm -hmm. a teacher she is basically her husband's sex doll like it's not it's not her just like receiving something for money (laughs) like she's she expects to be like of emotional or um intellectual use to somebody so like when she turns to him and she's like well maybe i can repair your relationship with your mother which is strangest and like most offensive thing (laughs) you can Mm -hmm. say to a literal stranger. Um, It makes sense in sort of the scope of her behavior because she doesn't understand like, Oh, I can just pay for that. Like I'm just giving you money and that's where our relationship ends. Yeah. Because no relationship is like that to her. She doesn't really get anything unless she's of service herself. Like she's doesn't see money as, um, part of the equation. Yeah, she. It's funny. She, um, uh, Emma Thompson, in in a couple interviews, actually, I think, was basically saying something very much very similar to that. Is like Nancy and 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 many women, obviously, like d- d- they very rarely are in the headspace of like just re- like receiving. It's always giving. It's always giving something based on society, like the way society sets it up or how they're trained or, you know, like how people are emotionally brought up, etc. Right? Like the expectations behind Nancy's character in this specific situation uh, are her entire life has built her to believe that thing. So when something purely for her comes up, even though it is, as you said, like, it, like the transactional element, like that's not what She's still trying to very misaligned and not correctly, but she's trying to uh, move the situation beyond just her need. Even though, well, it's weird. It's like reciprocal, right? It's like a snake eating its own tail. Like the her need is to. uh, it, It starts with she wants to experience things that she feels like she has not experienced, but then her need is to st- like it it sort of circles back on itself her need is to still be the person that is like hand holding or helping or moving someone else into a direction making sure that like and again yeah. i use air quote no one can see it making sure they're okay but everything she does toward leo in that regard is not okay it's, uh, it's definitely interesting how she puts limits on her wants yeah. even from the beginning because it's like yes she wants to try all these things and she's never had an orgasm before but also she doesn't expect one right you know like she she 
basically is putting herself down before she even tries. Yeah. And that's really sad to see and hear. Yeah. Um, there was this movie has so many small victories. And I don't want to go into them because I feel like the journey of them unlocking that sort of next challenge is really delightful for an audience. But the way that um, I mean, a couple small things, too. Right. And I know that it uh, actually I'm going to I'm going to back up. So the, they have a big blow up basically about her finding uh, his real name and trying to basically maneuver this 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 transaction into something that it absolutely is not and that he is not comfortable with. Uh, and he uh, then uh, gets angry, can't find his phone, says for his refund, still kisses her on the cheek and then leaves. Right. Because, uh-huh. again, the character of Leo is a consummate professional. Yep. Um, and I really loved session four which was in the lobby in the bar or the cafe or whatever it was at the hotel um you know because again leo said do not book him starts there yeah yeah do not book him again he doesn't this is over blah 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 but she does it after like sort of learning herself like basically doing the work necessary to uh get her to a place where this is actually like the work is paying off and this is actually going to be good for her now. There's a point like there's small moments here like when he shows up and like he realizes that like Becky was an old student like he's like, oh, no, I'm just selling her my car. Like we're meeting yeah, here yeah. and like just so smooth like throughout the entire thing. But then um, the the way in which. She apologizes to him and 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 talks through some stuff, but then basically admits to Becky, whom she feels she's uh, wronged based on her previous expectations of how people should live and how she taught people to live. And to kind of I'm trying to think because this was such a I was feeling fairly emotional during the scene. So oftentimes, like if I didn't have a chance to rewatch it again, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you can fill me in on something that I'm missing here. But mm-hmm. like when she gives Becky the speech about how Leo is a sex worker and he she's hired him and she can't recommend him enough and like all of this sort of thing, it it circles back around on Leo's trauma as well because she he opened up to her to let her know about um how it's like he doesn't just lie to his family about the oil rig like his mother was ashamed of him when he was uh formulative years sort of exploring his situation uh i believe they walked in on some a bunch of him and his friends uh uh in some sort of sexual activity when they were kids and then she basically disowned him yeah uh and so in that moment of like here's a he's just said here's a person that I care about that has disowned me for who I am and what I do and my, what I was curious about in the moment, etc. cetera. Uh, Nancy then turns it around and like breaks everything that she has been comfortable with or, or trying to stay comfortable with. And like in a really like, again, it's like a mirroring moment of the perfect amount of true emotional connection, but also that connection comes from realizing that it still is transactional. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my discussion on this movie, I feel like I'm always talking in circles, but like, there's just a balance to it. Yeah. And I think the smart thing, the way that it ends is like, she gets what she was looking for, mm-hmm. or maybe was unexpectedly looking for, mm-hmm. but it, like the way that it happens, it comes from her yep. and not him. 
Um, and I think that was just like a really, really wonderful way to kind of end it because sort of what you were saying before, it's like, it's showing you the next step in the path, right? It's yeah. not that like, Oh, you know, fixed, solved, whatever. It's like, okay, she figured out this one thing that like is going to help her on a day-to-day basis probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, the mer- emotional journey can keep going and it doesn't mean that she's like a totally different person, but that she has this new tool in her arsenal, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that she can kind of continue learning. Yeah. And like, Small victories. Small victories. And I think th- more than most films I've watched lately, uh, the, one of the things I truly, really appreciated about this movie, not only that the characters felt real and like I felt like I was in this sort of world with them, but the movie didn't feel like the end of the character's journey, either in a like happily ever after or like, oh, no, everything's fucked. Or like, like it just felt like this. We watched one tiny chapter of two very interesting real people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think the, I don't know, I, the, the, the last thing I'll sort of say is, of course, the, the last scene where Nancy's looking at herself in the mirror. Um, there's an element of, and, and they talk about this throughout some of the sessions too, of sort of like, I don't even know how to put it. It's 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 not body positivity. It's it's, it's just respect. Respect, acceptance, like dignity. Yeah, dignity. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Because I look, I I, I can speak for myself. Like you know, <laughs> Izzy, I'm getting older. Uh, <laughs> like and you know every it, we we are always constantly worried about how we are perceived. I th- or I am. I will speak for me. I am worried about how I am perceived. My hair yeah. is thinning. Uh, I'm not as uh, fit as I used to be. Maybe I should work out and stop uh, being on the uh, working for 12 hours a day. Uh, but the like, I- I'm I'm very uh, self conscious in, in in areas around that. And to see a character, um, kind of again, uh, to see a character not like be entirely okay with everything that they are, but like, uh, what was the word you used? I kept using respect. It started with a D you said dignity, dignity. Yeah. To be dignified in your own skin, to feel that level of, of dignity and, and um, I don't know. Acceptance was such a fucking lovely, like end point for the movie. Yeah. Which, which again, this is a movie that in lesser hands could have been, I mean, there's every movie, but like, I feel like this movie had so many pitfalls it could have fallen into and it didn't. Well, and I mean, one of the nice things is that it's like, it's very funny, but it's not making fun of anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I think kind of someone not knowing certain things or like terminology or yep. how to do things is like played for laughs in like 99% of movies, but it's really taken seriously as something that she is being guided through in a, in the way that like he genuinely wants to help her. Yeah. But I also really, I mean, I, I love that ending too and have really respected the way that Emma Thompson has talked about it because mm-hmm. it's not just coming from a place of like, Oh, you know, like that's the movie. We should all love our bodies. Blah, right. blah. I mean, she's really talking about it as a person who's thought a lot about this and has struggled with it and has talked about it a lot throughout her career. She often talks about how, people will say things to her 
and they're like, she's like, I'm not, I'm not a model. Like if you want to hire a model, hire a model, but I'm yeah. an actress. And I mean, it's insane that people say things like that to Emma Thompson, who is kind of like an indisputably gorgeous person. Yeah. Right. Like if this woman who is leading lady pretty by Hollywood standards mm-hmm. is struggling, then like, of course, like all of us are struggling. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that she's very open and open about it um, and has sort of outlined what this movie gave her privately, as well as, you know, just as an actress who wants interesting work um, has been really lovely to hear. And I'm glad that it's opening up a lot of conversations for women, but also just like older women who don't get to have these conversations publicly very often. Yeah. And, and, and on that note, circling back to um, talking about this movie in general, and again, I'm super uh, happy that you brought it up and that we actually got to have a hour long discussion about it because this is one of those films that like, in the way that films, po- popular, pop culture ways films are covered, everyone that I've seen so far has kind of done this movie a disjustice, uh, not uh, injustice. Not, not that it's like calling it bad by any means in the imagination, but it's like focusing on the entirety of the surface level shit. And mm-hmm. only in her interviews and only in some longer form things did I find like, uh, you know, the meaningful things like you just brought up. And, and I... In in a <laughs> in a digital landscape uh, where we both live, Izzy, I feel yeah, like that's right. People, I live here. <laughs> we, we live here. Uh, we have a summer home here where we live year round. Um, the it's often very difficult uh, to have. I, I'm going to re- rewind. The I think it's impossible for the way that movies are covered in a pop culture way to do any sort of justice to this movie in a quick snippet or a thing or an or a, or a, a four minute interview and a thing because it, because I think not that it couldn't be done and couldn't be done well and respectfully but the but the but the machine is already working in a certain way and so it's yeah. going to latch on to the points that it thinks will get the most clicks or the things or whatever and I am thankful that. Um, this is a movie that I feel like needs a longer form conversation. This is a movie that I think warrants uh, multiple viewings to kind of catch all of the all of the nuance and the things that it's trying to say. And and to be perfectly honest, is you are the perfect guest for this discussion because literally you do long form analysis on film and 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 actors and actresses' careers, right? Like this is yeah. this is you you are the long form like. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm the anti-digital landscape. You're, you're, well, yeah, in the sense that, like, care and attention, man. Like, that's, it's, it's, it's important. And I don't know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you and I could chat about this movie for sure. And you know, that's why I was so frustrated that it was kind of dumped unceremoniously on Hulu. Yeah, because to me, this is one of the more interesting performances that Emma Thompson has given in years. Mm-hmm. And probably that like many actresses in like a Hollywood context have given in in a few years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think this is one of those things where at the end of the year, when we get the Hollywood reporter round table of actresses, like I would want this performance included, but inevitably because of the way it's been treated and the way that it's been released, like it's going to be forgotten. Yep. And we're going to get someone talking about like some biopic they did 
and we're just going to get like rehashes of like old celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> that like people vaguely care about still instead of this incredible deep conversation about, you know, the way that we talk about sex and age and intimacy. Um, and that's also really disappointing. I think like it's exactly what is kind of wrong with our, our entertainment and digital landscape yeah. as well. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, well, I think it's safe to say that you and I would recommend this film. Is that correct? Definitely. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, this is as of right now, we'll have a spot uh, in my top 10 uh, films of the year that I, I, I do not anticipate it being knocked off. Um, Great. I love that. I'm so glad. It's yeah. I, I, I I often uh you know we do this we've we've done this is episode 383 or 384 of this podcast we've never missed a week mm-hmm. um that's a long time and sometimes the the I I I hit like a oh man we got to do an episode and da, da 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 and and uh this this experience of watching this movie again a movie that again I think because it was unceremoniously kind of just put onto Hulu and I didn't know anything about and then you suggest like this this entire experience to be quite frank has really given me like a rejuvenation uh for like no there's always something there there's always <laughs> something we can find despite the fact we're thrown like it's true fucking Jurassic World Dominion or whatever the shit like I exactly I, yes yeah so exactly. I don't know I I I very much loved this film and I love talking about it um yeah, th- this has been, uh, hopefully not, uh, the only podcast about the film Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, or Leo Grande. I feel like I'm always going to say Grande just because I I, uh, I thought it I thought it was, but it of course <laughs> is not. Izzy, uh, thank you so much for adjunct co-hosting. Thank you for having me. Anytime. My pleasure. Where can folks find all the wonderful things you do? Um, you can find me. Uh, at BK Rewind on Twitter, BK underscore Rewind, I think, on Instagram. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. I'm on Instagram. Um, and then just Be Kind Rewind on on YouTube. I just released a video about Dolly Parton. If you're interested in learning about the films that she starred in. It's so um, good. It's I'm so good. That, that that video is like when I was like, it's funny. I was watching that video and Shahir messaged me that he couldn't make it this week. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Izzy, Izzy can you please do the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh, it was meant to be it was meant to, you were meant to find leo I, I was i was i was thanks to you and dolly parton i feel like <laughs> dolly parton has inadvertently given me many of the best aspects of my entertainment life <laughs> think, it's true like, i mean she is responsible for so much yeah um but anyway uh so yes please check out uh be kind rewind and all of those things uh also you can find me and my life and works at my website m-a-t-t-a-g-w-k-r-l.com for my life and works there also skeletor the number four P-R-E-Z on instagram and psn or emperor msk on twitter also please check out the good works we are doing over at extra credits i believe by the time this drops um, we will have dropped uh, one of our literature so you haven't read series on their eyes were watching God which is a really uh, interesting and good breakdown of that uh, novel and then we are in the middle of our history series on the Ethiopian Empire which Izzy I don't know if you are familiar with anything involving the history of Ethiopia it is fucking fascinating I uh, need to check it out I'm not nearly as well versed as I maybe should be on I that. was I I knew nothing before our writer Robert Rath and our patrons voted on this and, and all this stuff. And it is it's fucking fascinating. Anyway, please check out that stuff. Next week, we will be back 
Um, I believe Shahir will be back, and it will be appropriate because we will be reviewing uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, Taika Waititi from you know obviously Shahir will mention again and again he is from New Zealand, um, so that will be very very fun, uh, and we'll be we'll be diving back into the the Marvel side of things. Which again, after Doctor Strange, I I need I need a palate cleanser. I don't know if I I I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting disillusioned. Uh- <laughs> I don't know if this one's gonna. <laughs> unillusion or reillusion. Reillusion me? Ooh, I yeah. really like a good reillusionment. So I've heard. Yeah. I hope we're hearing wrong. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Talking to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.